Hey, you all, a special thank you to our amazing and growing Patreon.com patrons. Andrea, Barbara, Diane, Erica, Stephanie, Susie, Terry, and our forever first, Trisha. As Patreon patrons, they get early access to our episodes, my eternal gratefulness for helping us express our love for all things Project Runway. And if you're unfamiliar with Patreon.com, it's a wonderful little site whose mission is to support creative work. There, you can make a small donation of support to the podcast to help out with production costs. And if you'd like to become a Patreon patron, visit our page on Patreon.com forward slash The Workroom Podcast. That's P-A-T-R-E n.com the link is also in the show notes now let's get to it i started crying the reason i moved to new york was because of watching episodes of sex in the city and there standing in front of me was sarah jessica parker and i just lost it in case anyone doesn't know <laughs> Hello, all you lovely listeners. Welcome back into the workroom, the labor of love dedicated to Project Runway. I am Ernest, and if life is like a fashion de- design competition, then I'm going to pull a Ricky and make every day a baby doll dress day. And I'm <laughs> Nayland, and I'm bringing the snark like Noah brought the ark. Woohoo! Snark, <laughs> snark, ark, ark, snark. <laughs> like we'll go two by two onto the snark arc <laughs> that's right that is right <laughs> yay um so glad to have you back Nayland. and hey. also grateful for you listeners as well and to remind everyone about our special podcast features we have a cheat sheet with the final looks in runway order and you can get that via a link in our podcast show notes and of course please keep sending us all of your questions gossip and feedback to us at gmail at in the workroom at gmail.com that is i in the workroom at gmail and um, i have to say so we are still battling this pandemic um we're in the midst of a racial reckoning as well and also mercury is in full retrograde which mostly i don't understand i don't get it but what i know from my astro astrologically literate friends is that there are disruptions of communication involved. And so just full disclosure, we had some full on audio breakdowns <laughs> two days <Yes>. ago. <laughs> you may, you may notice that we're dropping a little late. Yes. Um, so uh, I, as soon as we kind of like wrapped that up and I was like horrified and Nalan, you're so incredibly patient and thank you so much for, you know, uh, providing guidance and and what do you call that? It, setting an example for me when it happens when I'm on the receiving end of an audio breakdown. <laughs> I was like, Mercury's in retrograde. Maybe that is why. But anyway, mm. but I'm so happy to be able to talk to you twice this week. <laughs> indeed, indeed. We're going to try to keep it fresh. Yes. So this will be the test for... Um, for whether or not it's just the same material over and over again, because uh, we um, uh, uh, we we uh, had a mishap mm-hmm. with the first 
go round on this on this episode. Yes. So, yes. unlike in fashion, here in podcasting, you do get a do over. Yay! Do overs, <laughs> second chances, grace. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also, yes. I'm I'm kind of grateful for this second time around because there are certain things I forgot to mention. So uh-huh. the day we recorded originally was the day after my birthday. And mm-hmm. I didn't tell you, Nalan, but a gift to myself, I bought two cloth masks from Textile Shop, which is <gasps> a wonderful accessory company owned and run by the amazing Samilia Kolar. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. And they came the day before my birthday. And I was like, oh, these are the this is the best thing ever because they're beautiful. They're made from amazing fabrics that she sourced herself in Nigeria. And um, I just I'm I love it. And anyway, I'm posting I always post a link to her, her, um, her store in the show notes, but I just want to specifically highlight it um, Mm -hmm. for all y'all up top. And um, also because uh, I mean, just to just to go on that for a second. We all know that in like, you know, 50 years, hopefully these are going to be like the heirlooms. You do, yeah. you don't want to pass down to your descendants some like <laughs> janky store-bought mask that, right. that guarded your health. You want something that's like, you know, that's that that looks excellent and mm-hmm. uh and has a story behind it. So yeah. definitely, yes, check out Samilia. Yes, so I mean, she's constantly making them there some of them are sold out some of the styles are um which is great because they're beautiful so you need to just kind of get on it if there's mm-hmm. a design that you like just order it because it might not be there next week <laughs> yes um also so uh okay um today's juneteenth as well <laughs> oh my gosh i'm also glad to be spinning it with you Naylin. um but it's been such a weird day and yeah. because of how uh, how popular the, the the term is in so many weird places, so this morning, um, okay, so so I I pay my therapist via Venmo, and um, when I opened up the app to go and and paid her, paid her, to pay her, um, Venmo wished me a happy Juneteenth, which mm. just freaked me out, and uh, I was like, huh. I also had no idea that so many people did not know about Juneteenth. I just didn't really think about it. But mm-hmm. um, anyway, so I was thinking about that. But I'm I'm tying it in a little bit because this morning while I was paying, well, you know, using the, the Venmo app, I was listening to another one of my favorite podcasts. It's a Patreon podcast called 90 Day Bay, B-A-E, hosted <laughs> by Nicole Byer and, and Marcy Giroux. And Nicole Byer is amazing. Um, comedian who I've been I've been in love with her for many many years all the way back to her UCB days here in New York and then Marcy Giroux who is a um, a writer for Brooklyn Nine Nine but they mentioned this foundation that I hadn't been familiar with called the Loveland Foundation and it was established in 2018 by a woman named Rachel Cargill um, and through their partnerships and also their their donation drive they're raising money right now to um, to fund these initiatives that that um, focus on mental health in black communities. So they're helping to fund Therapy for Black Girls, National Queer and Trans Therapists of Color Network, Talkspace, mm. and Open Path mm. Collective. 
So mm. I was very much inspired by them mentioning this, also by looking at Venmo as I went to pay my own therapist, <laughs> wishing me a Juneteenth yeah. um, to kind of highlight that organization. And that, that link is also in the show notes. Yeah, I, um, I, I, I spoke to some ICP students today and um, we started off having a little a little discussion about about Juneteenth, hmm. um, which was never actually a thing in my family. Mm-hmm. Um, in part, I think because um, after emancipation, like the parts of my family that were in the South, um, basically, you know, ran to New England really quickly, and so their identification was always much more like. New Englandish, mm-hmm. and and um, and less there. It's like the story about emancipation was really about how they kind of got together during um, Reconstruction mm-hmm. um, and uh, and moved up north. And so mm-hmm. there was never a lot of there wasn't any formal moment of recognizing um juneteenth as for me at least growing up yeah yeah um but uh yeah i think that this year in particular um people are desperate for um any signal that they can send that they are not um, horribly racist. Yeah. So they are. So they are breaking breaking out um, Juneteenth. Um, a, a a good friend of mine, the the really um, wise um, activist and writer S. Bear Bergman, tweeted today. Mm-hmm. Um, Did not properly realize until today how grateful I should be that Yom Hashoah has, sca- <laughs> has escaped corporate notice. <laughs> Because it's like, as I was signing off to the Man. MFA students, I said, well, um, yeah, and happy Juneteenth. And then I was like, uh, actually, happy is not the right word. Have yeah. a thoughtful Juneteenth. Mm-hmm. Um, and and realize that you yourself cannot, you know, may not be um, consciously acting on any notion of racism. Mm-hmm. But all of us um, have experiences that are tra- that have been structured by a system that is at its heart racist mm-hmm. um, and uh, that is that has shaped the world that we live in um, immeasurably and so if we're going to attempt to address that in some way um, it's going to take a more consistent effort than, uh, establishing a new holiday. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, because it's sort of, I think this is what I thought of it today when I, and again, when I opened up Venmo and saw this, I was like, wow, this must be what the queer community, um, well, this is, I know, like I have friends in the queer community who mm-hmm. have been ra- raging against the corporatization of pride. Yeah. And when things started showing up in commercials for a gap or, um it just uh, like this this corporate um uh you know just i don't know just making it all this this branding for the month of june um and it's sort of just shocking to think of it in that way because of how rapid it feels like there's so many things that are happening every day feels unprecedented you know Mm -hmm. we're in the midst of a lot of things going on on top of one another and it's a very complex time and there are certain things that take me out of myself and realizing that there are things that I 
I internalized that um, I didn't realize was not common knowledge. Because for me, 1863 and 1865 have been in my head for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I'm more... And I always get the numbers mixed up when I talk about emancipation. I usually refer to it at 1865 and mm. never really thought about why that is. And um, and also was OK with not everyone knowing about what that meant. Right. Um, but the mixture of the the like, you know, being elated that more people know, but also mm-hmm. the uh oh, that comes from. Oh, no. So here now now people are sort of using it as a cloak to look good, um, you know, just cloaking themselves in this symbol and, you know, kind of spouting out Juneteenth. And the Venmo graphic was in this weird Kwanzaa-ish type deal. Like they went on Google and was like, what does Kwanzaa look like? And they used black, green, and and red um, as their colors. And I was like, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. Like, I don't don't think a black person did this, but... You know, this is fascinating <laughs> I can, to me. I can guarantee. No, not at all. Because <laughs> yeah. they would have been like, don't do this. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I have a suggestion. If you are a non-Black person and you want to celebrate Juneteenth, here's a way to do it. The next time you go to tell somebody about a really great record you heard or a really great movie you saw, spend a little extra time and name one that was not made by a white person. Like, mm-hmm. like, actually, the way that you undo the the work of racism is to change your frame of reference. So if so, like, once you read that book that's at the top of the um, reading list, the anti-racist reading list that which is most likely white fragility <laughs> that somebody handed out to you, like, go to the back to the index and like and look at the bibliography. Yeah. And and start reading those books, and mm-hmm. like and and use this opportunity of your discomfort to acknowledge that you have a lot more work to do, and do the work of changing your frame of reference. Yes, um, you know it is. Uh, it's um, it it is. Uh, an important part of uh, what we call centering um, uh, black voices um, to not just look to them in the moment, but to like broaden your experience to read many, many different kinds of black voices mm-hmm. and to like branch out from there and to not not look to them to just provide the answer to how you can stop feeling icky. Mm-hmm but actually look to their experience as to how you can change your life so you won't be icky. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I co-sign. I'm not adding anything else. That's what I'm trying not to do. I'm like, don't add anything. Don't add anything. <laughs> you know, it's, I'm sorry. It's been a few weeks since I've been in a classroom, and so I don't, I don't mean to unload. No, this is helpful, Nayland. <laughs> you know. This is your gift. I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, Yes. You all have an assignment. Yes. You have homework to do. Um, (laughs) And and now your homework is just to read a lot. So, yeah. yeah, And listen to a lot. Um, Yeah. Okay. So that's a lot of housekeeping on top. But, Naylan, I want to give you a chance to talk about um, 
the the initiative that you're supporting, even though and you're doing a raffle, it's probably going to be over by now. But just to highlight the the organization that yeah, you're... by the time you're hearing this, um, it it will probably be finished. Um, this past week, I partnered um, uh, with a friend of mine, and we uh, raffled off um, uh, a couple of uh, works of art of ours. Um, uh, in exchange for donations to um, Wellness Aid Services, which is an organization that is um, active in Flint, Michigan, providing um, LGBTQ services um, uh, primarily to um, people of color. Um, and uh, they have been uh, they've been um, raising money for um, a number of different programs, um, uh, some based around HIV AIDS, but some also involved in mutual aid for um, providing um, financial resources to um, uh, queer people of color in Flint. So um, the raffle is done. Um, and so you will not have uh, the chance to um, win a drawing of mine, but you do have the chance to make a difference in the world in um, a city that has uh, been driven to the brink um, uh, for um, decades. Yeah. Um, and so um, these um, these are folks who could really use your help. And so... Um, we're going to put the link um, to this organization um, in in their show note in the show notes, and um, it'd be great. Even if you can spare twenty dollars, mm-hmm. um, it still is a huge, huge difference. So thanks! Yay! Great! All right. So um, let's get into this actual episode. So again, listeners. We're going vintage. We are journeying into season four. Mm-hmm. And we are we are officially on episode two. Um, and also, just to let you know, if you're having a hard time finding these episodes, I put the links to find them on Daily Motion in the show notes. So hopefully you're able to watch along with us. Um, so for this episode, we're starting off in the Gotham City Apartments. Mm-hmm. And... Our lovely designers are getting ready for the day. Chris March is drinking his daily uh, juice, which is just water, probably from the tap. So simple. It's great. Um, But they're discussing the elimination from day one. So we saw Mm -hmm. Simone LeBlanc leave the show. And um, it seems like the general consensus is that the wrong person got eliminated, that it should have been Mm. Elisa. And, uh, you know, um, I, I, again, I will, I disagree with this wholeheartedly Mm -hmm. because she had the worst and I will say it, Elisa made a beautiful dress aside from the pooping fabric in the back from the front. It was Mm -hmm. great from the back. It was horrid, but from the front it was, come on, just give her some credit. Yeah. So I think also, I mean, the assignment was to, to show everybody who you were as a designer and right. Alisa certainly did that. Yeah, she did. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, and, Simone tried. But but I mean, what was Simone actually showing us in terms of like a vision of design? Old and new. 
essentially. <laughs> like that whole thing, like, oh, you know, these archaic things with this modern stuff smashed together. Yeah. Like, figure out a way to do that. And she's just really bad at it. But that was her that was her design philosophy. It was it, it was rough in two thousand and seven and it's, it's rough still. No, it's so. still it's still awful. Pretty bad. Yeah. Um anyway, so they're getting ready to leave their apartment mm-hmm. and um I and I, I I will do this again is bring up that chalkboard because I feel yes. like the chalkboard on the way out is gonna be a character and it's also a Bravo thing. Um mm-hmm. and this is probably pre that fad of chalk paint that people yes. have been very into things to HGTV. Um, but on their on their chalkboard, someone wrote first, make it work. And then someone underneath, someone wrote, bitch. And then in tiny letters around the top, it says, Heidi is really hot. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, huh, here we go. Here's a little conversation <laughs> happening. And I would, I am into seeing how this evolves. Uh, who, do, who do we think dug a piece of chalk out of their facial hair? And okay, because episode one, do you? I mean, not episode one, season one. Do you remember Daniel? I forget Daniel's last name, but he he's a um, follow your bliss person. Yeah, yeah. And he wrote. I think he was probably the first person to use he's a chalkboard. Make it work. Yeah. Yes, and he was like, I just mean the idea is hot part. <laughs> oh, okay, so I think make it work was probably. <laughs> I feel like that was Christian. No, no, Rami. Rami wrote Make It Work. And then underneath, bitch was probably Ricky. Yeah. Are they roommates? Yeah. I guess. But I'm, I'm, I just, I was just thinking about like the Heidi is hot part. Is, oh, Heidi is hot. I, I think, I think that part was written by our resident, um, very, very definitely heterosexual. Who's that? Kevin. What? Oh, did you know, really? Did you Kevin know that he's straight? What is he? I know Wait, it's he's really straight. Weird. It's hard to figure out, but um, I just but, keep forgetting. <laughs> but but when you have been on Earth as a as a uh, you know as a um, homosexualist as long as I have, <laughs> you learn to detect subtle signs. <laughs> Also, it was very, very small letters. So perhaps that <laughs> also is a part of reading. It's like, hmm, oh, is really hot. I was like, okay, all right. You, okay. It's like you, you don't have enough room to actually contribute, but you're going to find a way in there. Yeah. You're straight. I keep forgetting, Kevin. Thanks for reminding us. All right. So let's hurry to the runway. And um, this is a moment where we have all the designers um, sitting in a row and we have Heidi who is just like hello designers welcome to the portion where we get to torture you know a, a, a legion of young innocent women who are all wearing these black dresses that are you know very very forgettable because you know they're like human mannequins so yeah. but also there this is the feature of the Bravo franchise that we kind of lost on on lifetime and i've also lost in that translation from lifetime back to bravo or two point bravo as i call it um and you know this is also a time where there is an element of drama inserted into this whole competition where it's like oh gosh this is the first episode of season four where they get to choose their models so of course they were you know um 
they were assigned them um, yet, uh, for, for the previous episode. But for this one, the whole thing is who gets to cho- who's going to choose their their right. same model and who's going to switch and you know possibly mess it up for someone else. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the winner the winner from last um, episode goes first. So Rami was a challenger winner and chooses um, their same model. And next we have everyone else. So pretty much everyone's like, I choose the one I worked with last week. I like you. I like you. I like you. And then we get to Ricky, yeah. who chooses Elisa's model, mm-hmm. and pre I think assumes or 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 just kind of prepares for an onslaught of you know viewer hate somehow. This is all pre Twitter, so like you know, there's no way for us to tell Ricky that you're awful for choosing Elisa's model. But he's like, I don't care, I don't care. I'm choosing Elisa. I don't care who's mad at me. I don't care. I don't care about the feelings of my other model. This is just a competition. But Elisa's fine. No one's really thrown off. <laughs> Right. Um, And it just is pretty, you know, seamless. Yeah. And um, Heidi uh, sort of, um, you know, hauls out the button bag and reminds reminds the models that this is also a competition for them. Right. And this is the thing that I think it sort of, I don't remember it going much further after this season, in fact. Maybe it stopped. I mean, season six is the California season, and I think it probably had stopped by then. Yeah, it definitely um, did. The, the idea that the winning, that the model who's paired with the winning designer gets a spread in Elle magazine. Right. Um, and, you know, it's um, like hearing that now, that's a little slippery because is it a spread that's independent of the spread that's in Elle magazine that celebrates the winning designer on project runway? Mm-mm. Probably nope. not. Nope. It's connected. Like, <laughs> so, so yeah, that, those are the same spread. Um, and, uh, and we used to have in the, in the early seasons, the first two seasons, there was much more um, uh, tracking what was going on with the models and what the models had to say and all of that stuff. Um, and and a little special breakout series about their internal competition, mm-hmm. but that's all gone away at this point, and we just are here. You know, people are just picking their models, and I think I, we've gone over this before. But um, of course, nine times out of ten, you're going to pick the model that you've already worked with because right. who wants to learn a whole new set of measurements? Um, you know, when you're under the gun in these in these challenges, yeah, you want to continue with the one that you already um, have a sense of what fits on them. So, right, and also, of course, this is pre before we have different size models. So, right, um, yes, I I I think that at the you know the season one, going back to season one, and there was that notorious model. What was her name? Um, like um, who started... kind of who kind of flaked? Yeah, the one who like disappeared market. all the time. Like she went to Marquee one night in someone's outfit and broke it, and then she, right. yeah, she would never show yes. up. Or um, Morgan, she... Morgan, yes, yes. Um, and, and I remember, you know, so this was so I think season two is when they started doing like a behind the scenes and that that whole extra feature that starred the models to get a behind the scenes thing was because of Morgan and her drama. And they're like, we should have had a camera on her the whole time because there was all this stuff happening. And we, we, that's, you know, 
reality TV gold or whatever. But also they would choose her. A lot of people coveted her because of her walk. And, um, you know, the idea of with the time constraints um, as, as they get more restrictive, then it's less important as to like, you know, which model is the best walker. And it's more important about how fast can I fit someone and season one was interesting because it wasn't about that, you know, and also, you know, pretty, pretty much everyone was sort of the same measurements, but Morgan was so much better at walking than all the mm-hmm. other models that that was an interesting element that isn't that much of a play right now. Um, right. I think about that all the time, how it's like, yeah, sure, sure. Let's, let's profile the models behind the scenes, but I think you kind of missed it with season one. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, the only the only way that that came back um, last season was which models had sewing skills and could actually like help designers <laughs> finish their garments. It's like, can you hand sew? It's like, yeah. It's like, I want you every time because yeah. <laughs> you're actually a worker. Um, oh man, yeah, yeah. Okay. So everybody picks their models and um, and we head on out. And and before we go though, Heidi gives her half challenge prompts to all the designers, mm-hmm. and she kind of teases them. She's like, "You're going to design an outfit for a pop culture and fashion icon. Tim will tell you the rest." So they're like, "Okay, mm-hmm. great, good to know. Is she alive or dead? Is it a he or she or that? Like, what is happening? Is it a statue? Is it a cartoon? We don't know." Um, and so they go into the workroom. They're all guessing who the icon's going to be. Um, and then we have this wonderful generational fight where someone screens Madonna and then off camera, someone screens Britney, but it's, it's clearly Christian Siriano <laughs> mm-hmm. and Rami, um, you know, offers Snow White. So that's the, you know, <laughs> weird interjection. Um, I won't, yeah. no spoilers, but this is sort of par for the course for Rami, who has, I don't think has any kind of sense of humor. So, um, and also I'm, I'm like, do you know of icons who are living and not, yeah. you know, uh, animated characters from Disney? <laughs> like, well, I'm just reminded, else? I mean, we were talking about, you know, when we talked about this last time, I was like, yeah, I mean, Snow White only has one dress. Yeah, like like how is Snow White a fashion icon? <laughs> you know, at least at least use Cinderella, who is sort of famous for getting like a special dress in the middle of the of yeah. The story. And you know, um, also I was thinking of another one could be like Ariel, you know the the Little Mermaid. Potentially, the, I guess. I don't know because she know. was into like tchotchkes and stuff. Like she was like a collector, yeah. and I could assume I could, you know, maybe imagine her being someone who was into like you know interesting vintage clothes mm-hmm. or had her own style. I don't mm-hmm. know, but no, I think Cinderella's still the best one. No, I think I can't top <laughs> that. Just trying to think of other other Disney princesses that Rami could have chosen, and yeah. he chose the last one that qualified for this. Yeah. Anyway, so Tim Tim Gunn comes in and he gathers his students around the front of the classroom. He's like, students, students gather. May I have your attention, please? And he goes, as Heidi has said, you're designing for a fashion icon. So come on, on in, icon. Um, and who steps to the door? But Sarah Jessica Parker. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone 
loses their minds and it is mm-hmm. still still so funny every time I look at it because um she she is so pain to me you know and maybe I'm just because I'm jaded and uh my experiences in life you know I it's just so put upon she's like oh my god like me I know I'm famous but am I that famous oh my god everyone's screaming I'm so sorry everyone I'm soliciting this response oh it's it's painting me it's painting me I'm Sarah Jessica Parker I'm just Sarah guys I'm just Sarah I'm just here and they're like oh my god ah and then um and the title of this episode is I started crying mm-hmm. which comes from a Chris March quote because mm-hmm. everyone's talking about their relationship with or their reaction to this to Sarah Jessica Parker being their presence. People are losing control. They're like, oh, my gosh, she's so great. So famous. So yeah. iconic. This is a real person. And Rami's like, what? Not a cartoon, not a drawing. <laughs> and then Chris March goes, uh, she walked in and I started crying because for Chris March. Yeah. Sex in the City is why he imagined himself in New York City and why he moved there. And he's like, and here she is standing in front of me and I just lost it. So mm-hmm. I'm like, for that, I'm just like, oh, <laughs> it's so sweet. It is, it is very sweet. Really you know wonderful. what, you know what would have been sick though, uh. is if the person that they brought out was Patricia Field. Oh yes. Oh my gosh. So glad who, you who is the person who was responsible for making Sarah Jessica Parker a fashion icon. Exactly. She's the fashion consultant for Sex and the City. Right. And amazing designer and, you know, um, genius, um, you know, uh, club and nightlife Doyen. That would have, that would have, um, uh, that would have shaken me, I think. Oh, yeah. I would have cried if that if I know. Especially out. for all these people. Because I don't really... Okay, because I, I do believe she was a judge on, on season one. There was like a vintage... Oh, was she? Yeah, oh, there was okay. a vintage challenge and she judged that. But I don't really know if Sex and the City was at its peak in the way that it was at this time. Where it would have been like, oh my gosh, this is so great. And it's just beyond. I feel like, I feel like it would have been like a bigger impact if if she were brought on as someone who actually drove the challenge because that's the Mm -hmm. difference here is that like um patricia fields was was brought on as a judge but not as a person who drove the challenge and sarah Mm -hmm. jessica parker is sort of at the helm of this whole thing and i you know and, and it's another thing like i believe i know that these designers know that that sarah jessica parker isn't a fashion icon all by herself she really isn't you know she's She's the product of Patricia Fields and her yeah. genius. Um, and so she's, she's an actress. And at right. this point um, in 2007, Sex and the City had been over for um, three years. Whoops. Season six was its last season that ended in 2004. Whoops. Okay. Whoops. So, so, <laughs> so we get to find out um, what um, SJP. Uh, is doing in between the end of Sex and the City and the um, and the first um, released uh, Sex and the City movie, <laughs> um, which happened in two thousand and eight. Um, in the middle, she had a, a side project. And Ernest, what is that? Oh, it is her line bitten by Sarah Jessica Parker. Bitten. Mm-hmm. 
So Tim Sweet Cheeks Gun has like, you know, sort of like assessed the madness of everything and it introduces her because it's the reason why she's there is because they're going to be designing a piece that is inspired by the bin line and um, perhaps maybe someday, one day, hopefully will be sold as a part of the fall winter collection in Stephen Berry stores, maybe mm-hmm. possibly. And so she explains like what Bitten is all about, that it's about um, high end providing high end American sportswear at affordable prices. So a broader um, span of a consumer base. And then like, you know, she gives the, the tagline for the Bitten line, whereas we believe fashion shouldn't be a luxury and quality shouldn't be a privilege. Bam. Perfect. Mm-hmm. So the but the specifics are they need to create a two piece outfit that is affordable It affordable, meaning um, in 2007 um, dollars, it needs to retail at 40. And so that means the raw materials for that um, has to be also quite low. And their budget at mood is a total of fifteen dollars. Right. So, so that so so there's the challenge. Yeah. They have to make a they have to make two pieces um on a budget of fifteen dollars right. for uh for retail forty dollars. Yeah. And also this is coming after episode one where they pretty much got the lay of the land. Like Carp Blanche do whatever they wanted to with the most luxurious fabrics from Mood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they had to do whatever they wanted. Um, you know, but now they're pretty much just sort of relegated to a yard of fabric. Right. <laughs> at mood costs. Um, so, um, so they're all given the, um, they're all given, uh, the bit, the bitten lookbook. Right. Um, and, uh, and how long, what they get? 15 minutes get to sketch? 30 minutes to sketch. 30 minutes to sketch. Yeah. Um, uh, and. And they have to pitch her because only the top seven will have their mm-hmm. designs made or that will be able to make the designs so we have 14 designers so that means that only seven will be chosen and then they will choose a partner to help them make the design that sarah jessica parker has chosen Mm -hmm. um so team challenge of the first team challenge of the season yeah which is pretty uneventful because uh you know it just it's just like okay great this is a team challenge but they get kind of mostly straight away into um, into business. Mm-hmm. So the first person up who gets a pitch is Jack. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> Jack gets a standing ovation. Um, mm-hmm. And so Jack gets a pitch, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker on something. Um, I didn't, so I went through and I mostly made notes of the notable interactions. And the only notable interaction after Jack is Chris Mars. So Chris gets to go second. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, this is Sarah Jessica Parker as Carrie uh, changed his life. So, of course, mm-hmm. he's nervous and he's shaking and he's you can hear it in his voice. <laughs> you can sort of mm-hmm. like feel in the room. Um, and I also feel like, like Sarah Jessica Parker, we've talked about this. Like She's very gracious. I think she's really good at reading um, other people. So she's trying to make it as comfortable for, for Chris as possible. But it's like you know what? I got to stop and tell you, it's just so good to meet you. Sarah mm-hmm. Jessica Parker. Um, 
so you know and i i can't even imagine it's i you know i'm I'm making fun of her demureness but it's also wonderful to have a celebrity who at least understands the fact that they have one people Mm -hmm. um and so also so next is elisa Mm -hmm. who's creating a polymorphic dress and a cape to go on top so she kind of does this really great um a choreographed like thing um but also like so sarah jessica Parker. i have thought about this because sarah jessica parker used to be a dancer and so it felt to me like huh she's picking up on elisa's choreography i feel like she Mm -hmm. in this moment gets gets what she's doing physically um anyway she also um she has like these like uh overlays on her drawing oh yeah like like her drawing has like multiple layers that that peel back you know yeah she almost made like this really wonderful like a paper doll pop-up yeah like a paper doll pop-up sketch mm-hmm. um that was just really really easy to, to to follow and easy to see which is also i think um it's this is i i love seeing these parts because this is a part of um like the professional world of designers and how you do pitch people and we could see who we can kind of gather who is more comfortable right. with this type of interaction. Um, yeah. Sweet pea, good yeah. sweet pea, big idea is a pencil skirt. Right. Cause the line doesn't um, have skirts. Yes. So it's like in the skirt. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I have to say like the glimpses that we get of the line mm-hmm. from, um, from uh, people flipping through the lookbook. It's like, I mean, it's a blank uh, slate. <laughs> yeah, they look like for like each one of them looks like twenty dollars worth of clothes. You know, yeah, they're it, it's it's, and we're not talking about the magical before time. Mm-mm. You know, we're like like this is solidly in um, old navy territory. Exactly. Yeah, it's so. very simple. Yeah. You know, silhouette wise and color wise. Yeah. Um so Sweet P has wise, Yeah, so Sweet P has like a pencil skirt. Yeah. And then next we get um uh Kevin who is so very straight Wait, that he Nalen, is he straight though? I I here's how you would know. Because he leaves a meeting with a woman who is going to determine, like, whether or not he's um, going to win this competition by, like, ignoring her attempts to shake his hand and just walking off. All right. I'm convinced. He sounds straight. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That that, that sounds... That yeah. sounds uh, that sounds about right. <laughs> that's that's those those are the actions of a straight man. Um, uh, uh, you know, not to beat up on straight men, but they do run the entire world. So <laughs> sorry, straight men who are listening to this podcast, yeah. only because yeah, yeah. you know, and and I I think all the time about how. So I, I've watched this episode so many times, and I'm very aware of how many times he makes eye contact with yeah. her and it's not often no not often at all so take note no. um next we have christian siriano mm-hmm. who asks for a hug <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, yeah 
<laughs> and it's it's you know does the pitch i don't really i don't see much of a sketch um but you know uh, he takes advantage of the moment and, and gets a mm-hmm. hug from Sarah Jessica Parker. Also something not to do in a meeting with a professional. Um, you know, that, you know, not yeah. probably the best thing to do to put your best foot forward. Just saying. Boundaries. Have them. Yeah, they're great. Um, um, and then Kit who's Pistol. after? Who's after? Uh, oh, is it Kit? Yeah, we have Kit next. Okay. And um, she's got this really cute drawing of a sweater that kind of comes just below the hips, the hip mm-hmm. line. And um, she's just like leggings, leggings, yeah. because Kit knows how much all these things ought to cost. <laughs> so yeah. She's going to do a sweater yeah, yeah, yeah. with some leggings. Um, next, we have Ricky, who is probably a little less uh aware of like how how or maybe like a little bit more freaked out about the the material costs because upon a th- a 15,000th look um so he makes a he's he's got like this dress and he's mm-hmm. proposing a wide belt as a second piece cuz you do look you need two looks but on his sketch he had a pair of pants on there with like a high-waisted pair of pants did you mm-hmm. did you notice that oh yeah yeah that's yeah. a little mysterious. Yeah, I'm like, how are you, how are you going to do that ever? Um, anyway, uh, next we have Jillian, mm-hmm. who's got a ruffle skirt and, uh, according to Sarah Jessica Parker's feedback, a very complicated structured jacket. Um, and what Jillian's trying to do is balancing femininity and strength, mm-hmm. um, as if they are not the same or cannot yeah. exist together. Yeah. So, yeah, yes. uh, like oil and water. Yeah, no, that doesn't exist. Like it can't coexist. So, coincide. Whoops, that's the word. All right, next we have Victoria, and she's proposing a really uh, cute shirt dress mm-hmm. with a vest for the second piece. And um, then we have, uh, but also like the the thing with Victoria, also with um, not not as like spectacular as elisa's whole deal with um this pop-up element but she did think through victoria think through of how to show the pieces separately and then together by drawing the vest on a tracing piece of paper that she folded Mm -hmm. over which i thought was so wonderful in terms of presentation of these physical objects it was Mm -hmm. um next we have marion right who is making a cape a cape and something else with things. Yeah, and it's fitted too because because Sarah Jessica Parker wants it to be fitted. So he was like, "Yes, it's it's mm-hmm. fitted. It's not going to be huge. It's not going to be like a sack on a body. It's going to be fitted somehow." Mm-hmm. Um, next, we have Stephen, wonderful Stephen, um, who's making a simple classic plane. Looks like something similar but more boring, way more boring than what Kit Pistol proposed. Mm-hmm. Um, and also horizontal stripes, which is not an issue. And I'm pretty sure that he was probably reacting to stripes that were in the dossier because um, there are striped pieces of clothing that are along, that are included in that line. But um, but it wasn't as French. I think what they're mm-hmm. doing with those stripes is, is very like more French than, than nautical or whatever. Um, and then next we have Rami, um, who, who can sell his ass off. So just whatever Rami. I mean, Rami is so (laughs) on it that, um, it, 
I, I you notice that in his sketch there is a the the um the the woman is holding up a shopping bag mm-hmm. uh, that says "bitten" on it. Yep, it's like he's concerned with the branding on, like, in the accessory on the sketch. Exactly. I mean, it's just—it's very much like a a a skillful way of professionally pandering to your audience, mm-hmm. um, and and so just filled with confidence as well. And and I pointed this out before because he starts off saying like, you know what? So what he's making essentially is another shirt dress, but it's fitted as opposed to what Victoria proposed, which was more like a, a baby doll silhouette mm-hmm. or an, um, maybe like a hyper umpure waist. And for him, he's like, yeah, you know, you could be a size two and then get pregnant and then have a baby in this and then unbelt it and then have your baby and then lose all your baby fat and then go back to being a size two and then keep wearing this with the belt. And I was expecting him to say something like, yeah, you could wear this from size two to 22. But he was like, no, 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 no. You can't wear mm-hmm. this if you're 22. <laughs> like, right. you have to be two and then get pregnant. And that's that's different. If you're a size, right. and a then go size two and, lady. and be on the way back to two. Yeah, you got to go back to the two because that's the <laughs> original purpose of the stress. Otherwise, it wouldn't work. Um, anyway. And, and then we have Carmen, who <laughs> I don't really remember on so many turns, like what she proposed as, as an actual sketch, but I, her send off is you have to remember my name. It's Carmen like the opera and Weber like the baller. Yeah. I just noticed this, this, this is the only time, you know, watching these on daily motion, (laughs) um, (coughs) they don't have a subtitle function. They don't have a closed caption function. Um, so you can't wait normally when we're when we're reviewing these I will have that on so I can sort of catch all the dialogue mm-hmm. um, this is the only <laughs> subtitle in the entire episode is Carmen like the opera and Weber like the baller yeah <laughs> like, I, like, like why the production felt like we needed to be able to read that as well. I don't quite understand. Yeah. I, and it, cause to me it was very clear, but it's like, we don't have to translate Carmen really. Yeah. No, no, (laughs) no. She's very clear. Carmen has excellent diction. So, I mean, she, yeah, her pronunciation is amazing. She's a model. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. So, it's now time for Sarah Jessica Parker to choose. Um, all right. So Sarah, she's, she's so pained to do this. Like it's the worst thing on earth for her to do this for her adoring fans. The people who just kind of like yelled in her face about how much they loved her because it's time to say no to some people. Mm-hmm. So she whisper picks. The first designer is Elisa. Um, mm-hmm. the second is Kit, and then we also get Victoria, mm-hmm. and then we get Marion, Ricky, Christian, Siriano, and Rami. Mm-hmm. So we have our seven designers, and so, you know, the, 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 those who weren't chosen are incredibly disappointed. I mean, you know, Carmen is visibly, like, she wears her emotions on her face. <laughs> So, mm-hmm. um, and so it's at, at this moment where, 
um, Tim has to sort of cue Sarah Jessica Parker's line. Um, mm-hmm. She's like, yeah, so you guys might maybe sort of kind of, hopefully if I like it, um, you will be included in my fall winter line, but it has, I, you know, I have, I have to prove it. So I'm, I have to say so. And then Tim's like, okay, great. So let's get them to do it. Can you give us the line? Goes, oh my gosh. Like I'll see you on the runway. <laughs> so mm-hmm. she is going to be a guest judge for this as a person who has a final say so. So now it's time for Tim to bring out the dreaded button bag to choose in order the team leaders who will, who will then choose their partners. So, um, Marion chooses Steve, Ricky chooses Jack, Victoria chooses Kevin, and then Kit chooses Chris, Rami ch- chooses Jillian, um, and then we're down to just Christian and Elisa. Christian ends up choosing Carmen, and right. Elisa chooses Sweet Pea. <laughs> Which is who she wanted all along. And like, yeah, it's all, it's who she wanted all along, but it's like, creak, 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 creak. Hitchcock music, Hitchcock music, because, you know, you know, Elisa's getting that edit. Like, oh, who would want to be paired with Elisa? Poor Sweepy. So, yeah. All right. So it's time for them to go to mood. And they're looking for the cheapest things down from the accoutrement up to like, what kind of fabric can we get? And this is where for me, like Kit Pistol was a person that was like, oh my gosh, she's done this before. She's like, no, we're using fleece. I'm making mm-hmm. leggings because that's going to cost me $10. And then I'll have enough to right. buy yarn because not yarn, but thread because threaded mood is also kind of expensive. So it's um, all expensive. It's there so high price. Like, honestly, <laughs> <laughs> this is just oh it's like you can't buy anything so of all the people it felt like kit pistol like really was on her stuff about you know doing this in the best way possible mm-hmm. and then we have um we get a conversation an interesting conversation between uh christian and carmen because they're off to the side talking about each other's experiences and i think carmen was asking a Christian about like how did you get to work with Vivian Westwood and he's like yeah so my professor worked with her and then when they're my professor they told me you go work with her and then I did that and so yeah I went to London and I worked with Vivian Westwood and so yeah anyway but it was just like a a key moment there because Carmen's like oh my god like this little boy like who is this kid this child (laughs) who's done Mm -hmm. all these amazing things um, and she's also, I think, very happy to have been chosen by him to be um, their partner, because um, she was also feeling a little, a little, uh, um, little sad about ch- being chosen like third to last or something. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Anything else about this mood time? Mm, no. Okay. No. A lot all of running right. around. Um, I mean, I, I, I. Of course, I was looking out for Swatch. Yeah. Um, but then realized that um, Swatch did not exist when <laughs> the season was filmed. Um, and that Swatch made their debut in uh, season five. Yeah, Swatch, so, Swatch wasn't a speck in anyone's memory or thought. Whatever you talk yeah. about when it's like, oh, you know, when were you born? It's like, oh, 
you were no one was thinking about you before i don't know anyway that saying yeah, you, you know were I mean. you were you weren't you weren't even a twinkle in your father's eye yes, which that's is the way is. that i used to hear it <laughs> i i remember speck being in there somewhere but twinkle sounds so much more delightful so <laughs> yeah yeah um all right so next so we're back in the workroom we're back in the workroom and we learned that which the deadline is, is midnight. Yes. Which is tiny also. Oh my gosh. Like like uh, like recent seasons have totally spoiled us because it is so tiny in there. It's and yeah. I was thinking about this, like how do they how are they shooting? Like how many <laughs> different camera crews are circulating to try to catch stuff in various parts of the room. How do they avoid, um, uh, you know, a breaking sight line and ending up in each other's shot? Right. Or is it only one? And then is that one, like, just racing from one end to the other all the time? Like, how is this, how is this actually accomplished? I know. I mean, that, you know, that would be interesting to maybe find someone who actually knows that information. <laughs> like the olden days, you know, back when yeah, if in the old Yeah, if you were a listener building. who who worked on this crew, I mean, and God knows why you would want to listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but if it turns out that you did, um, A, great work, and B, we'd love to talk to you. Yeah. Thank you for your service to us. <laughs> I we really really appreciate it. We you know as you know as artists and and practitioners and makers, we understand that you 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 all are the real heroes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, and we thrive on this uh, on this um, behind the scenes stuff. So yeah, love it. All so right. um, so people are like racing around, doing you know like dumping out their fabric, getting things together, right. And uh, we cut to Elisa and Sweet Pea. Mm-hmm. And Elisa does the, like, like has the moment that will define her in the annals of popular culture <laughs> for the rest of her life. Okay. And, and what is that moment, Ernest? This is the moment where Elisa is folding the her fabric and she's um, using, because again, like she uses her hands to measure and she uses her own body as a mannequin and she's using Sweet Bee's height to um, to center the fabric. And while she's doing that, she um, marks the center of it with spit, with her tongue. She calls it a spit mark. Um, she lays it down and then Sweet Pea, for some reason, like, I don't know if she felt it or saw it, is like, oh my gosh, the fabric is already wet. And at least yeah. like, yeah, no, I, I spit, I spit marked it. And they have this conversation about like, wait, you spit on the fabric? Why? <laughs> and Elisa is explaining how she's imbuing it with, um, you know, what whatever like symbolical meaning mm-hmm. that the saliva has for her. And also that this is how she works with her clients. And this is something that they come to her for as a feature of the work that she makes for them. Um. Okay. Also, I'm curious because I was thinking about this because you've spoken to Elisa before. You've met her. Yeah, yeah. And so she's mentioned this moment. No, but but I mean, it is one of those things that uh, just haunts her for the rest of the 
um, for the rest of her time on the show. And yeah. when she comes back for All Stars again, it's this thing, and it's a and it's trotted out here as evidence of how um, bizarre and otherworldly and out of touch she is. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know, looking at it now, I. I I call shenanigans on all of that. Yeah. First of all, she's, we've already seen that's like, she's not um, really into draping on the dress form. She's more into like, you know, draping on somebody's body. Mm-hmm. She's holding out the fabric so that, um, you know, she's got, she doesn't have a hand free to be able to mark. And if she dropped one of the corners that she was holding, she wouldn't be able to mark in the right space. So, mm-hmm. She kneels down and presses her tongue into the fabric. Um, you know, it's I I doubt that this piece of fabric, which I think is some kind of jersey, it looks like, mm-hmm. um, is uh, is is forever ruined by saliva. Right. Like, <laughs> like the the idea that this is somehow some giant transgression, and then. When Sweet Pea asks her about it, and she says the whole thing about like imbuing it with spirit or whatever, mm-hmm. to me that feels like a, like a sort of conscious decision to be like, yeah, I'm playing a part. Okay. This is the this is the thing here yeah. that I'm that that it's I I do believe that there's that um, she genuinely you know believes in like the spiritual aspect of what she's doing Mm -hmm. but i i think that she's also not um unaware of uh of how things work on television yeah i mean because even the the way she did it it felt to me practical yeah and sometimes i i dismiss her explanation because i'm just like "Uh, i i think you're actually doing that because it's a tool for you Um, because otherwise why do the whole spectacle of making sweepy hold it and then you know having her involved in this way where i'm like you know this is sort of the hand measurement thing that you do this is just another way using something that's like besides like a marker or like a fabric marker or or fabric chalk yeah it's it it is literally what's at hand yes yeah exactly um so we have that moment (laughs) And I was just curious. I was like, hmm, has she ever talked about this with Nayland? Um, and so, uh, but the other thing that's happening in the room that I caught wind of was uh, Ricky, who is only on the second episode, just shedding gallons of tears because of the pressure um, that they're putting on themselves. But he really is into trying to prove that he's more than a lingerie designer, which is interesting to me because mm-hmm. we've already seen that the panel of judges have high regard for him as a lingerie designer. But for him to get away from that, he's making another baby doll dress. You know, mm-hmm. the thing that he got knocked for last week, he's just going to do it again. Um, anyway, so just keep note of that because mm-hmm. now it's Tim time. So Tim Gunn comes in for the first official crit of the of and, and only crit. Um and Tim starts off at the most troublesome team that we have seen so far, you know, besides, you know, Lisa's and and Sweet Pea's drama. We have we have Marion and Steven and uh, Tim is worried 
because they have their pattern pieces cut out on the table and the skirt is very, very elaborate. And it's already something that I think we've gotten a little of um, like a worried talking head from Marion's helper, Stephen. But Stephen isn't speaking up. Stephen, um, unfortunately, is doing the skirt, which is the most complicated part of it. Um, So, yeah, Tim is worried. And so is Stephen. And but Marion's not. Marion feels fine about it. Yeah. Then we have Christian and Cameron and Christian is in his like, ugh, ugh, Tim, ugh. Um, Tim, Tim comes over and I, it looks like they're pretty far along in what they're doing because Christian's whole thing is like, I'm so fast. Like, I'm such a fast sewer. And Tim's like, look, I'm seeing 80s here. Uh, perhaps you need to, you know, step back and look at it because I don't want it to go retro. And Christian's response is like, oh, my God, you see things wrong with it. I think it's perfect. I think mm-hmm. it's great. And we have Carmen, who is doing the best, you know, model smile that she can to try and salvage the interaction because, you know, it's tense. It's tense between Tim and Christian still. So um, next we have Victoria and Kevin and they're done. They look they look done. Mm hmm. Yes. And, um, and, and the thing that I noted here is that, um, you know, what they're, what they're making looks, you know, looks kind of cool. Yeah. But the person who's explaining the entire look is, does not seem to be Victoria. Wait, it's, it's not, it's. Mm, didn't kind of, didn't quite seem like it. Like the person who was like talking to Tim and walking him through it seemed to me like it was Kevin. Okay. That makes sense because he's, you know. That's yeah, you know, straight circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very straight. Yeah, okay. Yeah, to do. Well, um, I mean, he's he's the person with the authority in that situation. Yeah, I mean, look at that beard. What else does that beard say? It says it, why? If anything, why it says authority? Why do you hate me? <laughs> you make me look at that, Ernest. What have I? Malin, what have I ever you done have, to you? You have opinions on beers, but also, you know, I'm just that... saying, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I feel like this <laughs> would be something that you could also have a very, um, an, un, un, you know, objective perspective on Kevin's beer. Let's talk about it. I, I will tell you, there were certainly, there's certainly been times in my life where I have had um, nigh on to ludicrous <laughs> facial hair. Um, and, um, so I, I can't say that that was never, um, th- that I never made a mistake that bad, <laughs> but I never made a mistake that bad. I'm just saying, you know, um, you, so you can't really relate to like a spikiness, like a spiky star beard or whatever you would call that. Is there a yeah, name? I don't know what that is. Is there a term? Okay. Just wondering. <laughs> yeah. Um, didn't mean to hurt you with that. Um, <laughs> nailing your beard is flawless. So <laughs> it's an award winning oh beard. <laughs> I'm not comparing you at all to Kevin's beard, but uh, it is there though. And we have to talk about it. All right. So next, <laughs> next we have Rami and Jillian. <laughs> Isn't that a movie with Tilda Swinton? We, we have to talk about Kevin. We have Kevin's to talk about Kevin. <laughs> It's, it's, the whole title is We beard. Have to Talk About Kevin dot 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 beard. <laughs> that is the name of the, of the whole yeah. movie. 
Anyway, um, yes. so up next is uh, Tim talking to Sweepy and um, Elisa. Yes, who is doing an ancient world him casting stitch by hand. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it has to be in an English accent, like, ancient world him casting stitch by hand, or, you know, whatever. It's like, it's so ancient. So, um, and apparently the two of them have been having conversations on how to finish this. And uh, Tim is like, you don't have time. You don't have time to do this. <laughs> you, you gotta, you gotta kind of like speed it up. This isn't sustainable for you to be doing this with this amount of time. And, you know, in this scenario, Elisa is very lucky to have a partner in a one day challenge because we haven't yeah. also emphasized that that they only have a day for this count challenge that included a, a mood trip. Yeah. So, so yeah. Um, Tim is horrified. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, tells the two of them that they, they, they need to um, that they need to help each other out, especially to finish because when Tim says goodbye to everyone, he announces that they have 35 minutes until the end of the day. So not a lot of time at all. Um, all right. So it's the next day or or end of the day, I should say. So Tim leaves with 35 minutes left and then it's time for them to go home. And then the next day they wake up and it's again, early morning process. And they're kind of um, going over their playbooks with one another and kind of venting about stuff. But everyone's starting to notice that Elisa has not been into the sewing room. And Sweet Pea is feeling like she needs to take on a lot of the work because she's got to do a lot of machine finishing and wants to make sure that they send a precise garment down the aisle. I mean, down the runway, not the aisle, down the runway, because again, Sarah Jessica Parker, Bitten, possible fall winter collection inclusion. This is a big deal. All right. Ready to go back into the workroom? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So we get back to the workroom at Parsons and, you know, Carmen and Christian are done. They see no need to finish anything. Uh, they're all finished. Sweet Pea is finishing the edges of their, of the garment. And poor Steven is looking decades older from spending an endless amount of time on just this skirt for Marion. Um, but also, so Tim comes in and announces that they have an hour for model fitting and hair and makeup for Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, Christian and his models squeal about Sarah Jessica Parker. They have this moment because you know I feel like they're the same age, and they're like, "Oh my god!" Like, listen, like this is like major. This is fierce. It's so fierce. So they squeal and stuff, but also they have the luxury of doing that because they're done. And then we have a uh, Kit and Chris choosing to put a beret on their their outfit because um, when they put the, their sweater on the model, it starts to look a little French. So you got to put a beret on that. And we have like, you know, thumbs up for Elisa and Sweet Pea all of a sudden. <laughs> so Sweet Pea did a great job. Or at least like getting into a place where mm-hmm. it looks great. So great teamwork is making the dream work. 
<laughs> All right. So I think we do get like some hair and makeup, but nothing too interesting. Um, and it's just time to head to the runway. Yeah. All right. So listeners, I mean, this is... people are running around. I mean, we're we do get a lot of Steven stressing out. Oh yeah. Oh, so much. It's just kind of painful to watch. Um. Uh, but but we head to the runway and we have our normies. We have mm-hmm. Michael Kors, Nina Garcia, hola. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we have Sarah Jessica Parker. Uh, uh, who will pick the winner? And did you clock this again? Like, I, I don't know if you I, rewatched it at all, but. I, I, did, I did not clock this, that it was on her mm-hmm. to pick. Okay. Because this is unusual if this is true. But I feel like it's in my notes. So I believe my notes, but I must have heard somewhere on the episode that it's not going to be judges picking like Sarah Jessica Parker is going to have the final Mm -hmm. choosing or final say so. Um, All right. So let's get into the runway and listeners, you can find the link to the cheat sheet to follow along with us in the show notes. All right. So here we go. Mm -hmm. The first pair is Kit. Um, um, assisted by Chris March. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, also, just a quick note that they've um, they've gussied this up with a beret that they found. Yeah, the, somewhere the the, the French step. Yes, up beret. <laughs> it's it's. I mean, it's a little bit of like a boat neck on you know on the top. There's mm-hmm. some. There's. Uh, there's um, some pockets and um, and brown leggings, and you know, seems fine. Seems yeah. a little fussy around the shoulders, but but you know, unobjectionable. Yeah, I mean, and I'll say, like, I don't like this. I've never liked it. I don't like it. I just, I just don't like it. I don't like, I don't like black on brown. Um, but again, as you know, Nalen reminds me. Uh, the, what the brief is this looks like it costs forty dollars yeah you know it looks very doable very wearable and accessible as well because um leggings are pretty easy to wear um you mm-hmm. know um and and next we have elisa and sweet pea and i would say that you know this is where this is like what i what i love because it's the color is interesting and the movement is great and once the model takes those, and also, sorry, listeners, I didn't mention this. Um, I found these images on Reddit because there is a, there's an archived Reddit, I guess, feed or Reddit uh, town hall. I don't know what you call those things online. Um, and so someone posted these images that they, that they took from, um, from the actual show. So these are screenshots that show us um, all the transitions and Elisa's, and and Sweepy's outfit have these transitions where you get to see the sleeves and and with it with the cape on and the cape off and I just thought this was just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. So interesting and beautiful and colorful. Yeah. No, I think it's really I think it's really nice and um and uh it it's inter- I, well I'll talk about this later later on but mm. um but there's something uh to be said about this and further. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, so let's next. Uh, let's go on to next. <laughs> Rami, Rami's outfit, mm-hmm. assisted by Jillian. Mm-hmm. And yeah, what are your thoughts? And and well, this is actually um, like the cleaner, um, uh, a little bit more Ralph Lorenny um, version of Kit's look. Mm-hmm. Like it's a like it's a crisper fabric, but it's the same palette. It's the lines are just a little bit cleaner, you know, the pockets deeper. Right. So it's really functional. Um, the thing that's horrible about this is this <laughs> is um, the styling. They're, like they did this weird thing where they put like a gigantic brown headband on the on the model. Yeah. And piled all her hair up on top of it in a way that does not make any sense to me at all. But yeah, they kind of just shoved a bunch of stuff up in that like whatever is on top of her yeah. head. Um. So yeah, like that's just yeah. I don't know if because I was thinking like, are they going for this stereotypical suburban look, or even thinking about like what who were they thinking about when they styled her? It's just really interesting. Um. I All could right. not tell you. Yeah, neither, because I've never seen her before. All right, next we have Marion <laughs> and Steven. Ugh, oh, talk my gosh. about styling. Uh, this is awful from head to toe. It's really mm-hmm. bad. So um, it's a knit fabric. Uh, it's been confusing to look at this, this like what they've been working with. And also, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm looking, I think I'm I'm watching another vintage season on Hulu where they actually do have a knit designer, like a designer mm-hmm. who makes their own knitwear. And looking at this, their issue was just sort of how it drapes and, and, and it's kind of quintessential. Um, like the mistake that you make when the fabric, you're trying to get the fabric to do something that it's not made to do. Right. Well, who would have thought that like a, a, you know, a cheap knit with a lot of fringe cut out of it on the bottom would actually like pull and stretch. Yeah. You know, like if you mess with the integrity and the structure of something that's already kind of like flimsy and loosey goosey, then how, like what? That's so far beyond to think that that would affect it at all. You know? Yeah. Um, And for those of you who were thinking that the skirt that they were making was too busy, don't worry. You can't see the skirt at all. It is non-existent. Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't matter. Yeah. (laughs) So all that work that Steven did, like Steven, (laughs) Steven is now, you know, Jehoshaphat. I don't know if Jehoshaphat is is an old character, but whatever, you know, Jehoshaphat sounds like a thousand year old person. (laughs) And that's what Steven looks like right now. With, under all the burden of having to put this crazy intricate skirt that we cannot see together for this runway. Um, oh Steven. my gosh. All right. So next we have Victoria and Chris and I'm sorry, Kevin. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. We have Kevin. Um, This is my second favorite look. Mm-hmm. And she's got a stomper. So the model stomps because Victoria told her to, but mm-hmm. from the cheat sheet, you can see again, all the iterations. It's sort of, an, um, like a baby doll, baby doll style, but with a really nice neckline and um, kind of like a pussy bow, but to the side, like an asymmetrical yeah. deal. And yeah, the, the bow's a little too much. It's, yeah, the bow is. Yeah, it's yeah. 
Yeah, you did. You didn't need it. I mean, or if you wanted to have something that tied, um, like maybe it could be that wide, but it should, it shouldn't be tied in a bow, and it shouldn't run that long. Right. It almost particularly when you have like this really cool vest. Mm -hmm. It's almost like it. You know, the vest does enough. Right. Yeah. Look cool. You almost lose the vest with yeah. with all that stuff on top. And plus, you know, you can see that there are, there's, there are all these interesting pleating detail that they've done to make this silhouette look interesting. Mm-hmm. And it's like you don't really need all that much more happening because it, it's a lot of fabric already. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Next, we have Christian and Carmen. Um, and so... So this is where I wanted to go back because if you, if you zoom out and look at the entire cheat sheet, Mm -hmm. like in the same way that, um, that, that, you know, basically Rami and Kit have the same idea in a funny way, Christian and Elisa have the same idea. They both have like kind of a jersey fabric dress mm-hmm. in a in like a teal or an aqua, hmm. um, and a and then a neutral on top. Christian has this like super fitted jacket, yeah, and Elisa has the cape, and and it's like if you look at it piece by piece, actually Elisa's dress is more sophisticated than Christian's. Oh, way more. And Elisa's cape is more sophisticated than Christian's jacket. Yes. And so it's interesting to me that we con- we're constantly hearing about Christian as like a designer, as like the designer who studied and blah, blah, blah. And we're constantly given Elisa as like the flake who doesn't know what she's doing. Mm-hmm. Whereas like if you look at these looks head to head, it's it's very clear who has a more sophisticated eye. And, and the truth is like Elisa's like almost... 20 years older than Christian. Mm-hmm. But even so, it's, it, you know, I, that's why I sort of don't buy this narrative about her being um, unsophisticated. Yeah, it's, it's very, very clear that experience really kind of pays into it, even, especially with the dynamic of, of the team. You know, like yeah. Lisa and Sweet Pea have their conflict at the beginning, um, but you don't see it. it but also, Sweet Pea also kind of is deserves credit in being able to work inside of a team. Mm-hmm. And and also, you know, she exclaimed, like, I love working in teams. And it's probably great that there was Sweet Pea and Elisa together because they work, they're used to working with teams. They both are used to making clothes for real people. And we don't really know if Christian's ever made clothes for um, humans yet. You know, like we know that like he's worked under these amazing designers or these iconic designers like Mm -hmm. Queen and Vivian Westwood, blah, blah, blah. But in terms of having real world experience, um, we're not really sure of that, but we do know with Lisa and Sweepy. And, and I guess I've been thinking a lot about this outfit, Naylan, like, (laughs) because even this morning, yeah. Cause I was like, cause this morning I really was going, I still like the jacket. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I still like the jacket, but thinking about how it can be different and how, if Siriano were doing this today, of course, I think that he would be more cognizant of the bust, like making something that would be 
you could zip it up if you were a like a flat chested person or a person with like a larger bust or even like a wider um you know rib cage or something like that and then mm-hmm. with like uh bigger arms or even you know like definitely like a muscular a more muscular body um or just like a different size proportions than someone who's just so lean all over the place right um because yeah, yeah. And, and particularly because this is like a ready to wear challenge. This is like a, this is a, um, like this is supposed to be, if you win a garment that's going to be produced for a wide range of people. Right. And the truth is like, there's so few people who can fit their arms into a jacket that is that tight. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Uh. <laughs> like it doesn't matter how like cool and and referential it is. Right. Right. No, I totally agree. You were also saying you didn't like the zipper. Yeah, I hate the zipper. I think the zipper is so dumb. Um, it's just very distracting from the rest of the color palette. And now that you you like sort of called it in line with Elisa and Sweepies, it you know that really also there's such I think sophistication is a great word like there's such a sophistication and that that um white zipper really kind of calls into question um Christian's taste level (laughs) 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 so um so yeah that's the only thing there um so and then last we get Ricky Ricky assisted by Jack Mm -hmm. and uh, Again, confusing hair. Um, but, okay. And then on second look, you know, or uh, 30th look of how many times I've seen this episode. But I, I, I did enjoy the color that he chose. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't think it was enough of a second look that I think Ricky should have gotten called out for making this belt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. So yeah, and the hair was was very very scruffy, um, but a perfectly fine dress, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But but nothing all that exciting. Yeah, not at all. All right. So next we have our time for judgment. Dun dun dun. Mm-hmm. Uh, we bring all the designers out, and um, we choose those who are who are safe. So. Mm-hmm. Our safe designers, oh, I should say, yeah, the safe teams are Kit and Chris, Ricky is safe, along with Jack, mm-hmm. and then Rami and Jillian. They're all safe. Yeah. I I just also wanted to say here, a little production note is um, they also had not worked out, like, where backstage was at this point either. It looks oh. like they, it, I mean, when you really look at it, Mm-hmm. It's not like they're all like sitting like think about this past season um, that we just got done watching where like the backstage section was like this whole vast area where they're like watching judging going on yeah. on on like a huge TV and there's like couches and they're sitting there like conversing back and forth. This is like everybody's standing there's an ikea couch in the corner a weird soji screen and and it is like 
there's it's clear there isn't even room to turn around and only two people can be in that space at one time wow yeah <laughs> and they don't do a lot of the back and forth like no the, the cuts between the judging and the backstage part either. Yeah. huh interesting this is season four that's fascinating to me um that they hadn't figured it out by then <laughs> But also, yeah. again, this is at the, at the height of, or not the height, the very beginning of competition, reality TV. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm just kind of really used to seeing that stuff. All right. So, so they talk to the Victoria first, and it seems to go pretty well. Um, I don't know if you have anything to, to say about that interaction. Mm, no, it all seems fine. Yeah, very, very fine. Yeah, I mean, all all of this judgment. I mean, I, I don't know. Go ahead. There's. Yeah. It, it's it's it. All seems like we're kind of moving through it pretty quickly. Um, yeah. The there only, hasn't been a whole lot of back and forth established yet. Right. Because the only only uh oh moments were between Marion and Nina. Because Marion is you know that's the outfit that's got the knit and the belt and it's right. the fringe. And Nina does what she did last episode, you know, trying to rearrange and redesign the outfit. And that's always awful because Mm -hmm. she goes, can we see it without the belt? Yes. Can we see it? Can you turn around? You know, they all know what they're doing. They're just kind of torturing these poor designers who are like, I know it sucks. Oh, you're, you're exposing me. Um, but also, it's just not great. And and the other no. other dramatic moment that we have, um, so that we learn that Marion and Steve are on the bottom. And the other yes. dramatic moment we have is when um, Christian and Carmen realize that they're also yeah. on the bottom. Right, and they have to take the jacket off, mm-hmm. and yeah, and um, and the consensus is that this is two eighties, right? Um, with I guess. Um, yeah, it's um, and isn't it um, uh, isn't it Michael who is like, and it's very like Mugler, yes. like yeah, <laughs> and you know I get it, I get what you're doing. It's mm-hmm. just too much of it, and he always says like these Mugler. If you have uh, shoulder pads, he calls it power bitch, right? So he doesn't have. Uh, shoulder pads in it so it's just Mugler yeah without that yeah um, I mean suffice to say like this aqua dress like when they take the jacket off mm-hmm. it's like what is going on with that turtleneck like why is that there what does that have to do with the jacket that's on top of it mm-hmm. it's it it even that like very inexpensive looking dress doesn't look like it's sitting right and i mean and did you notice carmen's outfit during this yeah i loved her outfit mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it was very you know like early aughts late 90s i don't know like i feel like the aughts kind of run into like run into the 90s a little bit but mm-hmm. i thought she looked so sophisticated with how because they were both belted outfits sitting side by side mm-hmm. and the way she had belted her top and wearing like well-fitted pants and also i was wondering that's sort of how she dressed her model from the previous week and like is that something that you designed yourself but um it was it was very much of a contrast of this is sort of how you could do this and and what carmen was wearing was way more accessible not that 
they had to make pants for their model, but just like an idea of, of so Sarah Jessica Parker. Okay. For first Christian goes like, you know what? Like, you guys, I don't care what y'all say, but I do care about what Sarah Jessica Parker says because I feel like it looks so close to what I sketch for you and you like me, right? You gave me a hug. Yeah. And so she yeah, has yeah. to be the one that tells him, you know, she uses the word severe. She's like, it's more severe in person, but also mm-hmm. it's too snug. Like it's tight. It's a tight yeah. dress. And that's essentially what I think is most important for the line. It You can't wear this dress if you're not the shape like this model, like straight up and down. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, but then Heidi, we have Heidi, the reign of terror. It's beginning because she asks Carmen, Carmen, if your team were to lose, would who would go home? And then Carmen's mm. like, wait, you're asking me, you're, you wait, you're asking me. Right. And then Sarah Jessica Parker, there's a cut away to her face where she looks like she's just realizing something like, like she's a person who like maybe if her friend brought her to a bank and she realizes that her friend is a bank robber and is asking her to drive the getaway cars. Like, aren't you, aren't you in on this? And Sarah Jessica Parker's like, I didn't sign up for this. This is mean. This is mean. And so they ask, you know, the, um, like Marion, like, what were you to do? And Christian, like, if you were, if you were the bottom team, like who would go and everyone is very noble. So Christian's like, Nope. Um, Carmen was a great teammate it would be me. And then the same thing with Marion. Like, no, mm-hmm. it's, it's all in me. I, I'm the team leader. Um, so, you know, that's, just, you know, that's essentially what the, the deliberations come down to. Anything sent out during this moment where the judges speak without the designers present? No, not really. Yeah. Nothing. It's pretty much the same. They're very honest. <laughs> I mean, there's a, there's a little bit of, do, do we get, I, I think we get some of the Elisa spit, thing of it oh yeah we missed that yes there's there's some recap of that right um you know i actually wrote down what elisa said because i thought it was hilarious okay. because um you know i think sweet pea was kind of like hey guys this weird thing happened can you affirm me and how weird this what she spit on the fabric right and then hottie's like wait what are you doing you don't spit you if you spit on the fabric you don't tell anyone what planet are you from and then elisa goes i'm coming from a planet purely inspired by materials i may not speak the language but i know how to make them work on the body i'm coming to your planet with gifts i was like yes Elisa. yes that's amazing right and that's <laughs> and and that's what i mean like the difference between that response and christians like well i you know if other people don't like it it doesn't i know that it's the right thing yeah um that that is that's where i feel like um she has a lot on the ball yes yeah because it's you know you could easily say don't you like the dress isn't that what we're here for yeah well it's also it's it's gracious right it is it's very gracious and it's very um it's so professional as well but Mm -hmm. hilarious i'm like at least that was such a great answer it's so funny all right so we come down to the decision time yeah um Nayland, who wins this challenge and who will definitely have their garment included in the fall winter collection of Bitten for at least a year? Well, let's let's separate out those <laughs> points. Um, the the winner of this challenge is um, Victoria. Yay. Yay, Victoria. Um, 
as to whether or not the look will be included in Bitten's, um, uh, you know, Bitten's fall line, not so clear because as we figured out um, last year, mm-hmm. um, or, or we figured out last week, it felt feels like uh, a year. But it's all right. It feels just... like a year. Every week feels like a year in our current reality. <laughs> Um, in this, the darkest timeline. Yeah. Um, uh, it is um, uh, Bitten uh, did not survive the. Um, I and I almost said like Dave and Buster's, but it's not. <laughs> what is it? It's Steve Stephen and, Barry. Stephen Barry's yeah. um, uh, uh, retail experiment ended. Um, uh, uh, just, uh, a year after this, um, after this season was shot. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of, I don't think that Victoria's piece ever saw production. Yeah. And sorry, I didn't do the research on that either. (laughs) So I can't confirm. So Bitten no longer in existence. No, no longer around. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Barry also went by the still wayside. Still has four different fragrances going on, though. Currently? Currently. Wow. That's amazing. But also, yeah. I guess fragrance is easy. I shouldn't say that. You can you can smell like SGP, S, SJP <laughs> four different ways in, in, in our year 2020. Wow. Um, great. Awesome. To each their own. Wonderful. We'll leave it at that. Um, <laughs> all right. And Nalen, who goes home? Who is out? Well, um, the person who goes home is Marion. Yeah. Um, who is, fe- you know, feels as long suffering as like their entire time on the show. They mm. felt a little put upon. I will say that, like, their garment looked like it was trying to, like, slink off and leave the stage before before Marion did, as, as it was, like, slipping down the model's body as we watched. But It was like, I don't belong here. <laughs> yeah. I don't belong here in the shape. I just want to lie on the floor. Yeah. Perhaps, like, put me in a crate for a dog. Like, I'm soft and cuddly. I belong yeah. on your couch. And that's it. How it's a little you. bit like if you made an outfit out of Eeyore. <laughs> <laughs> but I would love to. Yeah, it's like Eeyore is better for cuddling. Oh, well. In whatever shape that they choose on, to be. I suppose if nothing else is clean. It's like all that fringe, you know, you just <laughs> nailed it to me with a, a nail. It hurts me so bad. It could have been one tail. But look what you did. You cut it up in so many pieces. <laughs> Eeyore. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Man. So that is there. There we have it. Yeah, that's the end of episode two. two. Oh, my gosh. So, um, wow. How are you feeling about this journey so far, Nayland? I am I am liking it. It is refreshing um, to to sort of see this. And I and admittedly, like we're dunking on (laughs) folks who were on TV, like, you know, 
13 years ago. Yeah. But, um, but it's kind of great to see um, where so much of this stuff started. And yeah, um, yeah. no, it's, it's, um, it's nice. We're not hearing a whole lot of fashion forward. Which I know. Is, which it, and so it's interesting to me to think about like how stuff kind of evolved, huh. um, how terms kind of evolved over the course of the show. Yeah, that's really interesting. How are you feeling about it? I love it. It's 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 so. It really is. It is mostly bringing back great memories mm-hmm. of where I was when I was watching this, and also again shout out to to Samilia because I think this is the first season we watched together as friends. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so it's like, I, it's so, it's, it's great. Like I, and also I'm the type of person who can listen to or watch the same episode of anything like over and over and over again. <laughs> but I am enjoying having this different perspective because since it is something that was so, it is such a visceral memory to me. Um, I remember what I felt like when I first watched these episodes and how I saw these contestants and I'm, I'm older, I'm a different person. I live in New York now, you know, and so I'm getting an idea of how I've changed and my perspective to things. So that's Mm -hmm. been, it's a a wonderful time to reflect on, on, on that in a time where we are reflecting on so many things. (laughs) So, um, so it's, so it's nice to kind of have those those memories kind of butt up a, a, a against each other. Um, yeah. And I love the retro aspect of like 2007 is retro. It's so great. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So Neyland, can you remind our listeners how to find you? And if there's anything else you want to share before we say bye. Um, you can find me on um, Twitter, the bad website. <laughs> Um, at uh, Nayland Blake, all one word. You can find me on Instagram, the also not so great website, uh, as Nayland W. Blake. Um, and uh, if you want to go to my own website, which is very good but very rarely updated, that is at uh, NaylandBlake.net. Yay! Um, and you can also find me on the kind of bad, um, social mediums and also the very bad social mediums of Facebook as well. I'm just at Ernez, H-E-R-N-E-A-S-E, all over the interwebs. And you can find me on my website at, um, And also I will say again, I, I gave a Zoom talk last week now, yeah, or maybe a week and a half ago. Um, it's now up on YouTube and it's also, I've linked it to, um, through my website. So if you want to check that out, the link also is in the show notes as well. Um, yeah, I guess that's all. Aw, this is so much fun, Nalen. I'm glad this is working out. I'm looking at my zoom. It's still recording. (laughs) So we (laughs) still have audio. (laughs) Success. Uh, all right. And thank you so much, listeners. Um, so wonderful to have you on this vintage journey. Yeah. Um, keep taking care um, of yourselves. And thank you, Patreon folks. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Patreon people. Um, you you all are, you know, I, I hold a special place in our hearts. Thank you so much for helping us with production costs. And um, yeah, no, I, I'm really grateful for all of your supports um, in so many different ways and your wonderful emails and letters and um, 
and and yeah, particularly on Patreon. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right. Cool. So until next week, um, and you know, moving forward, we're just you know, I, I want to say like see you later because saying goodbye <laughs> is so final, but we'll say goodbye for now. So, <laughs> all right. Goodbye. Bye.